A man named George Floyd is dead, and we know who killed him. But was there a deeper force at play? Was it a rogue cop who should have been fired and prosecuted for his many previous transgressions? Was it unjust policing policies that allow dangerous strangleholds and shield the police from legal prosecution? Was it the institutional racism that has blighted our nation since its inception? As always, the answer is a complex combination of all three. But the killing of George Floyd has, at least, reignited an important conversation about race in America, and I want to make sure we Catholics are prepared to engage with it and contribute to it. To begin with, I think the term racism is simultaneously too big and too small. It is too big because today it seems to be applied to everything. Racial slurs and race-based housing covenants are obvious examples of racism. But I have heard it called racist to ask students to read the great works of Western philosophy and literature and a well-circulated internet graphic about overt and covert racism claims that just saying the words make America great again is an act of white supremacy. These terms stop meaning anything when they start to mean everything. But equally problematic is the fact that the term racism is far too small. Racism, as we know it today, developed out of the experience of European colonialism, where a culture with advanced technologies suddenly encountered many other cultures still using Stone Age technologies. That experience caused Europeans to ask why there was such a disparity in technological achievement And many, usually to justify their colonial or their slavery practices, decided that the source of this disparity was not different cultural timelines or contexts, but that the people themselves were somehow less intelligent and even less human. But to focus exclusively on this relatively modern European sin as widespread and impactful as it was and continues to be, is to blind ourselves to the fact that what we refer to as racism is just one instance of a much larger problem. That much larger problem is the dehumanization of people who are not like us. And this problem is far more pernicious and widespread than racism alone. Humanity obviously comes in many different shapes, sizes, and flavors, so it is not a problem to recognize that we are all different and unique. The problem comes when we conclude that a group that is different is also somehow less human. We will say it in different ways, like that this other group of people is less intelligent or less developed or less moral or less valuable. 
But in every case, what we are saying is that they are less human. Colonized people and their descendants, which is generally to say people of color, have faced exactly this kind of dehumanization for almost 500 years. But unless we recognize that we are also constantly dehumanizing the elderly, the sick, the unborn, the poor, the marginalized, the refugee, the immigrant, and now even our political opponents, until we recognize that we are also constantly thinking of these people as somehow less human than ourselves, then we will never make any progress on the scourge of racism. We are unable to rehumanize one group if we continue to dehumanize other groups. This is not to minimize the struggles that people of color historically have faced and are currently facing. Our national conversation at the moment is about their reality, and I do not want to detract from that. I simply mention that racism is part of the much larger problem of dehumanization because the solution to racism is the same as the solution to all forms of dehumanization. And in the Catholic faith, the name of that solution is solidarity. Most simply, solidarity means the deliberate decision to unify ourselves with the humanity and the experiences of other people. An example. I grew up in a racially homogenous suburb of Dallas, where relations with the police were so positive that I remember being encouraged to run up to police cars when I was a child just to greet the officer on his rounds. That is my experience. But people of color all over the country repeatedly talk about a different experience, an experience of being pulled over or detained without cause, of being followed with suspicion in stores and white neighborhoods, of having the police used as a weapon against them by people of privilege. That is their experience. Practicing solidarity means actively seeking out, listening to, and even trying to live the experiences of people who are different than us. Practicing solidarity means first seeing people who are different as fellow human beings, and only then worrying about what makes us different. I intentionally say practice solidarity because solidarity is a virtue that must be lived out and chosen every day. It is not a state of being or a switch that can just be turned on. We are constantly tempted to dehumanize people we disagree with or do not understand. We have to make a deliberate choice at every moment to see and appreciate the humanity of the person in front of us. This focus on the humanity of the other person is why solidarity is the antidote to dehumanization. Whether that other person is a different race, a different age, a different culture, a different nationality, a different political party, a different socioeconomic class, or whatever. Practicing solidarity can and will heal any and all divisions.
All that said, I am not convinced that true solidarity is possible without Jesus. People are certainly trying. These protests are full of secularists and atheists who are trying their best to achieve justice. They're just doing it without Jesus. And this has caused them to advocate for people of color by demonizing and dehumanizing the police, a strategy that will not succeed. Once again, in order to rehumanize one group, we cannot dehumanize any group. Any movement that raises up one set of people at the expense of another set is ultimately doomed to fail. No, only in Jesus does all tribalism fall away and the true dignity of every human being shine through. Tribalism, we should remember, is an evolutionary instinct intended to keep us safe. From an evolutionary standpoint, we should absolutely act for the interests of those who are like us and against those who are different. And nearly every single culture in the history of humanity has taken this approach. So why shouldn't we, now, in this moment of history? The only answer I have is Jesus. In his incarnation, Jesus showed us the dignity of our human nature and compelled us to recognize the dignity of all who share that human nature. And Jesus went to the cross to draw all people to himself, destroying the barrier between Jew and Greek, slave and free, woman and man. It is only because Jesus sacrificed himself for us that we have any motivation to sacrifice ourselves for others, including the sacrifice of stepping out of our comfortable tribes and practicing solidarity with those who are different. It is only because Jesus joined in our experience of life and death on this earth that we have any motivation to join in the experiences of others who are different. The only reason our increasingly secular society continues to speak about a shared dignity and a common humanity, two ideas that emerged from Christianity, is because our society was first a Christian society, and we have not yet been able to shake the influence and the power of the gospel. My friends, if anyone should be sympathetic to the dehumanization experienced by people of color, it should be Catholics. For one thing, the great majority of people of color are our people. Hispanics, Asians, and Africans are some of the most prayerful and devoted people in our pews. And African Americans are one of the most reliably and faithfully Christian ethnicities in our country. These are our people and our allies. For another thing, after people of color, Catholics have one of the longest histories of dehumanization in this country's history, being continually discriminated against in successive waves of Catholic immigration 
from Germany, Ireland, Italy, Poland, Mexico, Vietnam, and so many other places. If anyone should be able to practice solidarity with people of color right now, it should be us, because so much of their experience has already been our experience. My brothers and sisters in Christ, it is easy to feel overwhelmed in the face of a problem as large and as intractable as dehumanization, especially the dehumanization of racism. But we will always do well to remember that we have a Savior, and his name is Jesus. If we follow Jesus unreservedly, including his great commandments to love God and love our neighbor, if we practice in our own lives the solidarity that Jesus showed in his incarnation and passion, if we help others to know the gospel of Jesus that heals all divisions, then Jesus will save us, even from this.